2: Good afternoon. Thank you for being here today and listening to the show. I appreciate so much that you take the time to do this. And I really appreciate that you remind your friends and that you have introduced this show to so many of your friends. It really it really is a wonderful feeling for me because I love doing this show and I love helping people be the best version of themselves and that their lives and their relationships work because there's nothing like it. When we like ourselves and we like the one we love because I you remember me telling you there's a lot of people we love that we might not like. So when we like the person we love, it's amazing. So I want to talk today about this idea of traditions and There's lots of different ways that we feel about traditions and lots of maybe conflicts. And sometimes we don't like the tradition anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. But what I want you to understand is that the importance of traditions is remembering. And so I I kind of wanted to name this show Remember, that traditions help us remember where we were, where we're going, how different we are, how much the same we are, if we've changed, whatever that may be. So it's remembering who we are and where we've come from, what has adapted, what has changed, maybe what needed to change, and what still remains the same. So it can be a feeling of reminiscence, a reminder, a road marker as to how far we may have come, what we may have overcome, what we may be thankful for or thankful that something is now safely in the past. right? I have some of those things. I'm like, I'm so glad they're back there. And so we can use it to adjust and to make sure we're not being, you know, crazy, right? Meaning that we need to resist continuing to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So sometimes these traditions help us to recognize, you know, I don't think this tradition fits anymore. And we're forcing it. We're thinking that we should, we could, we ought to. But maybe we have to consider how to retire a tradition. So when to consciously create a new tradition. See, usually new traditions are necessary in order to accommodate something like that, that we've grown up or maybe the realization that we have new family members. Maybe a family member has passed or the family structure has changed as people have married, divorced, married new people, remarried, you know, and and also having babies. And so now we have stepchildren. So stepchildren have moved on maybe due to a divorce, but maybe we have some newborns, right? Or maybe stepchildren have added to the family. So another beautiful element of traditions is the inclusion of people that may need a family and the comfort of traditions. Now, when I say the inclusion of people that need a family, I don't want you to think that there are people that don't need families. Now, I've done shows on this before, and we've talked about this, where we thought, you know, what is the point of family? They're killing me, right? So when we think about this, that, you know, sometimes stepchildren... Have moved on, and sometimes they've stayed, and they have really integrated themselves into the family. And so, there's another element of traditions, and that's the inclusion of people that may need a family, and may need the comfort of traditions. So maybe they're not natural to the family. Maybe they, uh, are, we're we're wanting to maybe somehow emotionally adopt them. And so, when we look at and we analyze. And we understand that tradition and that tradition seems to continue to stand the test of time. And having this understanding helps us to support the need for flexibility without losing our identity. So when we explore this, we're going to explore how we hold on to traditions as great pillars, as reminders, as structures which offer great support in honoring our family, our work, our heritage, and the reminders of where we've come from and where we're going. And so traditions really matter. And I think there's a real beauty to be found in tradition, a a beauty that that may not propel us forward in the sense of maybe a quantifiable progress or change, but that it does propel us forward as human beings in life with wisdom, understanding, and emotional intellect, if, if we will allow it to happen. And so there was a blog that I found, and it was from Society Lifestyle Holiday Traditions, by a woman named Catherine Rose. And I really like a lot of what she had to say. So I want to share this with you. And so she starts out by saying, it seems only natural for questions to arise as to the point or the value of tradition. So what does tradition really have to offer us? You know, tradition's a way of thinking, behaving, doing something that has been used by people in a particular group or family or society for a long time. So it is rooted in the past. So why would we value tradition or old ways of thinking or doing when we've learned how to do new things and maybe even in a better way? Well, how can we grow, advance, or develop as a society and culture when we continue to follow traditional ways? So these are certainly important questions. And I think that we have some ideas about what this really means. So she refers to the Catholic tradition of moral wisdom. And this particular author is James Komen. And he writes, Our tradition is a lively, life-giving one, even though some use the term tradition to halt reflection, discussion, education, insight, wisdom, development, or growth. See, in its richer meaning, tradition is always progressive and developing and constantly calling us to receive it, enrich it, and humanize it. So one of the things that we want to think about traditions that make them so special and life-giving is that they have to be able to adjust to all the changes that are occurring in the lives of the people we're sharing these with. So we want to make sure that if we are retiring one of those, you know, traditions, that we understand why we're doing that. And so this is why it, it means that, you know, the, the synonym of, it, of the term tradition and progressive this, this is kind of interesting. And so the use of those, you know, tradition, progressive, in the same sentence is a bit odd. It maybe feels counterintuitive. But progressive movement can largely be understood as maybe the antithesis of tradition, challenging traditional ways of behaving, thinking, or doing, maybe labeling them as outdated, irrelevant, or important. And I say this because I want you to understand that if we are kind of looking, taking a different look or a different perspective on traditions that we have, we want to make sure that when we say they're outdated or irrelevant or unimportant, that we put some thought into that. that, that there's a reason behind why we might be retiring that particular tradition. So I think there's beauty to be found in tradition, and beauty, it may propel us forward in the sense of maybe some progress or change. But, you know, does, does these, do these traditions really propel us forward as human beings so that we have more wisdom or understanding or more emotional intellect? Do we have more acceptance? And see, that's one of the things that we talk a lot about on this show is acceptance and acceptance and tolerance. See, if I accept something, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it. Can I tolerate it? Most likely. Now, there are some things that are dangerous to tolerate. There are some things that are emotionally very unwise to tolerate. And we have to know the difference between keeping a tradition simply because it's a tradition and retiring it because it's not healthy anymore. And this forces us to have to look at what are our motives. What's the point of retiring a tradition and starting maybe a new one? What have we learned from that tradition? What part of that tradition do we want to take take with us forward? And maybe we're re- retiring the tradition because there's a lot of pain that went with it. And maybe people use that tradition to coerce people or harm people or shackle people. And so some traditions absolutely need to be retired. But I don't want us to be automatically retiring traditions because they're out of vogue. That's not what what traditions are for. They're not necessarily supposed to be in vogue. They're an enduring behavior and an enduring issue that we continue to foster And to support so we have to be careful when we want to dismiss some tradition and we want to be careful when we're saying okay does this is this tradition really not fitting because the world has changed so much and we have changed so much is it something that we can say wow it got us this far and maybe we can take pieces of it with us into the future or maybe we need to retire it completely. And so this is one of these things where it's important for us to discuss it with others that are in the family, that are in the group. And we also want to make sure that God is telling us, yeah, that one's kind of overdone. We need to let that one go. Well, this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about why traditions matter. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Make sure you check out my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have lots of things on the website just to help you in your daily life, in your relationships, just in feeling better about yourself and recognizing the impact that you have on your world. So today we are talking about the importance of traditions and I wanted to name this or title this show as remember because traditions really force us to remember where we've come from who we were who we're striving to be what marks us as a person what we're known for what our family is known for what our business is known for and so it's really important that we understand that traditions are valued now, even if we let go of a tradition, it doesn't mean we're devaluing that tradition. It means we're saying we're retiring it. It doesn't really fit in the current world. But it is one of those things that got us where we're at. And so this is why we, we want to make sure that we're understanding that there, it's okay to have a feeling of reminiscence. It's a reminder. It's a road marker as to how far we have come or maybe what we've overcome. And we, we may be thankful that something is now safely in the past. I know some traditions, I'm glad I don't have to celebrate certain traditions anymore. And this is why we have to always understand why we're retiring a particular, you know, tradition. And so in the last segment, we were talking about this, this idea that sometimes we might find the terms tradition and progressive are, are kind of synonymous, and almost they're counterintuitive, that a progressive movement can largely be understood as the antithesis of tradition. So it's almost like we're going to retire that because we want something new, because we think that it doesn't fit, and it challenges traditional ways of thinking, or it seems outdated, irrelevant, or, or you know, unimportant. So when, when we are making those judgments... We want to make sure that we are thoughtfully retiring some type of tradition, because it's always amazing if you if you think about this. Think of how you might feel when it's Christmas time if you go to your favorite, you know, department store or whatever it is, and they didn't decorate anything. And how strange it might feel. I mean, it's not necessarily dangerous, but it would be like, what happened? This marks this particular event. And so why is tradition so important? And and this is what we think, that there's real beauty in the tradition because it's a part of our past and it's a part of what has propelled us forward and it's how we learn. And so as, as humans, as mammals, we all have to learn. And so traditions are part of that learning process. So even if we don't celebrate or continue to act in that tradition, it's part of what tells us where we've come from and how far we've gotten. Sometimes traditions pull us back for a reason and say, hey, you have forgotten your past. You have forgotten where you've come from. You've forgotten what you worked for, what you've overcome. And so sometimes when we consider traditional methods of behavior or thinking and, and it's engaging in traditional activities, we, we're kind of forced to look beyond the self and our own world to the world of others, to, th- to the world in which we came from, reminding us maybe of our vulnerability, maybe even our immorality. And ultimately, it helps connect us to something larger than ourselves. So it's kind of easy to readily dismiss tradition because we say it's in the past and no longer applies. It's flawed. You know, in some way or another, we discount the wisdom of the past. And so when we think about the wisdom we gain from the past, it doesn't mean that the past is good. (laughs) I mean, sometimes the past is really good. Sometimes we have great, you know, overcoming moments in our past that we can be really proud of. But you see, the thing that we want to think about is is the wisdom, the insight perspective that we can get, that the past offers us, is super important. We don't have to wear the past as like this scarlet letter, like this tells us how, how much we messed up. See, if we've moved forward into the future in spite of... A negative past, that makes us a very brave and honorable person. So the essence of who we are as humans, our struggles, our fears, our needs, our desires, are largely remain, and they're the same maybe due to inherent like characteristics of human nature. And tradition then seems to maybe be a subtle reminder of this. It's a heightening awareness of self and others. And it helps to cultivate the sense of belonging of stability and acting as a guiding force in our lives and society. It doesn't mean that it's the law. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's, you know, some kind of, like, edict that if you don't participate in it, there's something wrong with you. What it means is that this is what we share with other humans, that we all have these traditions, and they are unique, to the families that we grow up in. They're unique to the marriages maybe that we have. They're unique to the friend group that we interact with. Those traditions make, make it um, viable. Those traditions are kind of what, what cause us to be one with other people. Those traditions help us to make sure that we are also inclusive and accepting. And it causes us to also reflect. Is this tradition fitting us anymore? Do we need to adjust it in some way? Do we need to just completely throw it out? Does it make sense anymore? What what do we want to do with these traditions? So it's in this sense that tradition is always developing. See, it's always calling us to receive it, enrich it, humanize it, whatever that may be. So... I like this author and lecturer, who, um, it's Artist Whitman, and they wrote, We must cherish our yesterdays, but never carry them as a burden into the future. I love that quote. We must cherish our yesterdays, but never carry them as a burden into the future. So each generation must take nourishment from the other and give knowledge to one that comes after. So even, I, I tell my clients daily, even if you learn from my mistake, then you're at least better than when you came. So even if I make a mistake, and I have certainly made mistakes, and I work really hard at not making mistakes, however, <clears throat> I'm certainly very human, so I have made mistakes, and The thing that is helpful is if I think people learn from my mistake, then my mistake is kind of redeemable. It doesn't mean it's okay. It's still a mistake. But it's not something that I just have to throw out or so distance myself from it because of shame that I can just simply say, you know what? I'm a better person because of it. I actually learned from that mistake. And unfortunately, you know, I've said this several times on these shows that The way that mammals learn and humans learn is by mistake making. That's one of the the really most powerful ways that we learn. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about traditions and the power of traditions. Well, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm so glad that you are listening today. And we are talking today about traditions, and the importance of traditions is remembering. So when you think about traditions, it really is a reminiscent activity, and it helps us remember who we are, where we've come from, what has changed, what's adapted, maybe what needs to change. What still remains the same, the things that we keep, you know, and it helps us to kind of gauge how far we've come. So have we become a better person? Have we become kinder? Have we become smarter? Have we become healthier? Or when we look back and remember, have we become more sullen? Have we become maybe more, I don't know, uh, judgmental? Have we become more closed off? And so we want to think about what am I learning through the course of my life so that I can really truly be that best version that I'm intended to be. So traditions really matter. And, we, and family traditions really matter. One of the things that family traditions does for us is it it kind of synthesizes our families. It helps us to be more accepting of one another. And so when we all participate in the same behavior, it kind of links us together. <coughs> Excuse me. So I want you to think about, you know, what's a tradition that your family had when you were younger? And what I want you to understand is that there are very important elements of tradition that are very necessary for our families. And the first one is it gives children a sense of identity. So whether the traditions are based in religion or culture or fun, it doesn't really, that's not what's really important. What it is is it serves as a reminder of where your family came from or as memories that help shape your family. And this is where it's a wonderful process to go through as an adult when you can say, you know what, that's my family. How much of those issues, how much of those um, ways of being or ways of thinking do I want to take with me into my family? And so some of us maybe want to take the whole thing. Maybe want to really do what our parents did. Some of us might want to say, I'm going to do everything opposite of what my parents did when I think about family traditions. So there's a psychologist, her name is Sarah Duke, and she said that children who know a lot about their families tend to do better when they face challenges. This doesn't mean that everything their family did was good. It means they understand where their family was coming from and what they did to overcome or how they handled certain problems. Because, again, this is how we learn. This is why when we watch TV, when we watch movies, we read books, we learn from those characters, and we adopt many of their behaviors. So her psychologist husband, his name is Marshall Duke, conducted an experiment and it included a measure called the do you know scale excuse me and it included like 20 questions meant to test children's ability to understand their roots including the location of their grandparents you know the grandparents childhood their parents high schools family medical history and so he asked about 50 questions And what they discovered was that the more children knew about their family history, the stronger their sense of control over their lives was. The higher their self-esteem, the more successful they believed their families functioned. And these children also proved to be more resilient and moderated the effects of stress better. See, traditions help strengthen family bonds. It gives us a sense of tolerance, and we've talked about that, acceptance and tolerance. It gives us that ability to say, I have a choice. I can do what they did because I like how it went and it worked, and I can adopt what they did, or I can say, that doesn't work for me. I am not going to learn that. And so it helps because when families get together, one of the things that they like to do is to remember and reminisce. And they say, well, you know what you used to do, and you know what mom and dad had to do. Or you know how mom used to be. And so it helps us to really understand where we've come from and then really exercise choice about where we're going. How much do we want to take with us that was part of our our traditions? How much of what our family did do we want to adapt and emulate? Do we want to introduce something new into our family? And how do we do that? So when we're thinking about this, it also helps to build character. Because in a fast-paced and ever-changing world, it's comforting to have a bit of consistency. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment to go. Appreciate so much you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversation with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for tuning in today. If you're just tuning in, I want you to know that you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you, you can listen to any of the podcasts and you can catch up with what ones you've missed. And if you're just tuning in, you can listen to the one that you missed the first half of. So I appreciate so much you listening and really applying these, these tenets to your life. And I appreciate so much that you tell your friends about it as well. Because we really do want to change the world. And oftentimes, it's changed one person at a time. So we're talking about the idea of traditions and what is helpful about traditions? And, they, and what we were talking about in that last segment is that it helps to strengthen family bonds. And so established rituals really help family members trust each other. Now, why would that be? You see, it means that we've learned certain rituals, certain morals, certain values that we then take for granted because we've all tacitly agreed to it so we can relax because we simply expect that that's what we do. That's what my family does. That's how we act when this happens. And it brings a sense of peace and order. And so it also helps build character. Because in a fast-paced and, you know, really ever-changing world, it's nice if we have some consistency. And that means that hey, you know, in my family, Every Friday night, we watched The Partridge Family and The Brady Bunch. Now, (laughs) I know I'm dating myself, but it was really fun. And I remember on Sunday nights, we didn't have to eat dinner. We just had popcorn and pop and watched Walt Disney. And so these were just behaviors that kind of just told who we are and that we all continue to expect and so the building of character is because it's a given and it's, it's something that is consistent and we kind of, you know, weave it into our being. And so family rituals also teach strong values. So if you have played games with your family, then you know what it means if someone's caught cheating, right? Maybe your family prays before dinner and that's showing children that faith is important, Maybe you read to your kids every night before bed, and it teaches them that there's always a time to learn. We, maybe we attend family reunions or, or participate in family vacations. And so family traditions occur daily, like bedtime routines or, you know, rituals that we do as we say goodnight to one another, as we leave the house and say goodbye, whatever that may be. And so I'm going to tell you a funny story about my family. This is one of the, the things that that my family did as rituals. And I did tell you about, you know, every Sunday night we would watch, you know, Walt Disney and we'd eat popcorn. And Friday nights we got to watch The Partridge Family and The Brady Bunch. Otherwise, we weren't allowed to watch a whole lot of TV. And so one of the rituals and a new tradition that I started in my family was I was in my 20s, uh, probably about 23, and I'd come back from college I graduated from college and I moved back in with my parents and I thought, you know, I probably should start going back to church because I had some things in in the four years of my college that, you know, I might not have been super proud of. And so I thought maybe, you know, I should go back to church. So I started going to a church and I liked the pastor. I liked what he was teaching. But what really was weird is that everybody hugged each other all the time and said, I love you. And I was like, this is weird. This is just weird. See, in my family, we didn't do that. There was not a whole lot of affection or physical touch. There was a lot of laughter together. But there wasn't any I love yous, okay? And so I'm going to this church, and people are coming up and hugging me and saying, oh, my gosh, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And I am, like, thinking these people are weird. They are—this is a whacked church, But I loved the preaching, so I continued to go. Well, it started to really get on my nerves, so I decided I'm not going to go during the music time because everyone's crying during the music and, you know, all kinds of stuff. This is where it gets really sappy, so I'm just going to go for the sermon, right? Well, I did for a while, and then I started, like, kind of really liking the church. So I started now going, and I'm now crying during some of the songs, and I'm really listening and feeling big feelings. And I'm now hugging people too as they hug me back. So here's what happened. <laughs> no, n- not that my family may admit to this, but I'm telling you, I started hugging my family. I started telling them how much I love them. And they're looking at each other like she is whacked. She is weird. That's, that's what Cynthia does. She's always, you know, this, she's so dramatic. And so they would kind of tolerate me hugging them and, and, you know, telling them I love them. But interestingly enough, all of my family does that now. That is now a part of our family. And so this is how people learn. And I didn't even think I was teaching something, but it was a very necessary thing to integrate into our family, and we're all glad that we do it. And so this is why we want to really practice this idea of Traditions. So do you traditionally hug somebody when they leave or say, hey, have a good trip or be careful, whatever that may be? But more than anything, I want you to think about what do we do when we have to retire a tradition? So what happens when a tradition doesn't fit anymore? So there there may be some sadness and, and loss, but it's also an opportunity to find new meaning and new experiences so there was a family that used to celebrate hanukkah on sunday in december and their mother would make this homemade po- homemade potato cakes and from their grandmother's recipe and the first few years that you know the two younger brothers who were single but over the years their spouses and children then joined in the festivities as well so now they had like 17 people around the table as the kids got older though it became harder and harder to find a day that everyone in the family could get together. Someone was always missing, right? So they kind of ended up just canceling parties and canceling get togethers and saying, well, you know, then there's a pandemic or, you know, so and so has to, you know, stay over for work or somebody else is doing a big project at work, whatever it may be. And so what happens is, if we don't, agree to it, if we don't make it a priority, then our traditions will fall apart. Now, some traditions need to end because they're maybe not healthy. And some of those family traditions may be something like, you know, when we all get together, the, the youngest child is always, you know, razzed, always picked on because that's what we always do. Or we pick on somebody else. And so we might want to think about, is this tradition that we're doing that makes us feel kind of close because we've done it for so long, is it really uplifting? Is it really giving someone a sense of belonging? Or does it mean, great, now I have to go back, I have to interact with my family, they're going to beat me down, they're going to tease me, they're going to, you know, whatever it is. And so this is why we want to think about, what are the traditions that have kind of occurred, you know, generically, or just kind of naturally. They just kind of found their place, and we kept redoing it over and over again. And we find now that it's not really serving a purpose. In fact, it's not leaving anybody feeling uplifted at all. It's just the same old thing that we do, and everybody can anticipate that it's going to happen, and we all learn to tolerate it. So we want to really address traditions in our families and our work as well, because work has a still kind of a family feel once you get to know people. And so we want to really address the environment. What kind of mood are we setting? What does it mean when we call one of our siblings that name that they grew up with, that they loathe right now? How, how is that helping? Is that really making us feel closer Now, see, in my family, the only person really that got a nickname was me, and it's because my youngest brother, Kelly, couldn't pronounce Cindy, so he called me Ninny. And so for years and years, I was called Ninny. Now, I didn't know that Ninny, you know, in another context, is negative. And so for me, even when he says it now, it's very endearing to me because I know where it comes from. Now, if someone were to call me a ninny, like right now, that would not be comforting at all. But when I hear it from family members, I know where it comes from. So we want to think about what are we doing? What are we investing in? How are these rituals helping us or keeping us down and taking us back to negative history? So we want to make sure that any rituals that we are participating in is transformative in a positive manner. So we have to remind ourselves, you know, what if we have a death in the family, and so at every meal we set a place for that person that is not here anymore because that's just what we've always done. Well, we have to say to ourselves, is that really helping us? Is that helping the family? Is that a good ritual or a good behavior to participate in? So ask yourself, are the rituals that we're doing that maybe innately or just kind of arrived in our family because it just kept happening? Are they helpful? Do they cause the family to be cohesive? Does it cause uh, people in the family to feel more connected and more loved and accepted? Or does it take us back to history that should probably just stay back there? So we can change those things. And we can change things at work as well. We can change things in an ongoing relationship. We can say, you know what? That was kind of funny in the beginning, but it's not working now. And I want us to find a new way to connect. So I want you to think about this idea of traditions and the end of an era, you know, when a tradition has to change and, and why there might be some sadness when we lose a tradition. Because we realize that life doesn't stand still, you know, it may bring to light that there is more life behind you than in front of you. It might remind you of your immortality. But just because a tradition might end doesn't mean it wasn't meaningful. It's okay to have mixed feelings. And we may be really grateful for the good memories, sad that a tradition ended, but we don't want to make a tradition fit if it doesn't fit any longer. Because then it starts to hurt people. It might take people back to a time that really wasn't very good. And so we want to move forward. And so just because you might miss a tradition doesn't mean you can't also be happy that your kids are grown or that they have children of their own that they have to share the day with. And so when we are working on coping with the tradition ending, we want to make sure that we are recognizing the why. And if the why the tradition ends is healthy, then we can be very, very grateful that that tradition did its job and it's okay to retire it. It really helped in that time, but it may be out of time if we try to put it in time now. So I want you to really focus on this idea about connecting and that traditions can be very connective, but they can also be kind of exhausting. So if the tradition doesn't bring you joy any longer, explain what it is to your family and friends and let them know you still want to connect with them, but let's come up with a new way that is more pertinent to the, to the time that we're in. And we can start new traditions and we can adjust them as we go. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was helpful and I look forward to talking to you again next week.
1: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show now be your own best version